0: Welcome to the Caregivers Toolbox: Tools for Everyday Caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McKinnon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, The Caregivers Toolbox, where we give you information and in- information and education about caregiving topics. My name is Ryan McIniff. I'm your host. I'm also the owner of a private agency in Boston called Minute Women Home Care, and today I have a great guest with me, Casey Rosson, the not CEO, the COO of Care Around the Block, a care management and caregiving company based in Knoxville, Tennessee. Casey, thank you so very much for being on the program.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Well, you said in the pre-interview that you're not good at talking about yourself, so let's... (laughs) about yourself. Um, Give people a background of what you do, what Care Around the Block is all about, and kind of, um, you know, that synopsis, and then we can talk about how you got involved with all of this.
1: Absolutely. So, I am a nurse by trade. Um, I graduated nursing school in, I believe, 2008, so I've been doing this for a little while. Um, And out of nursing school, it took a little while for me to figure out kind of what my niche was and kind of where I wanted to to spend my career um, until I came to work here in 2012 and just uh, really found uh, a love for caring for the aging population, providing that advocacy for them, making sure that the the goals that they set for their care are being honored and being able to be carried out. Um, And I have been here ever since. So going on, um, I think year 11, uh, we were a a family business, Care on the Block is a family business started by Mary Wegman. And uh, when I first came to work here, I think I was maybe the seventh person hired. Um, and now we're we're pretty 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 big business, uh, well over a hundred employees, and uh, doing lots of different things. It's been really fun to watch the business grow, to be a part of that, uh, to add other businesses along the way, other um, different service lines that we do. We started as a care management company, and then added a non medical home care company in 2015. Um, for, for lots of different reasons. Um, and so it's been, it's been really fun. It's been a wild ride, but not one that I've ever really regretted. So
0: I didn't realize you had a hundred employees. That's a lot of employees.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I would imagine that's, uh, that's, um, uh, a lot of stories that in, in a book or two could be written about some of your experiences, um, with that. And so, uh, you know, do you so you consider care around the block care management first and caregiving second, or is it now fifty-50, or it does one kind of is one greater than the other in your eyes?
1: This podcast is sponsored by Wellaware Care, a passive fall detection and remote monitoring software for seniors and their families. Wellaware Care's wall-mounted fall detectors use radar technology to alert you automatically when your parents fall no buttons to press pendants to wear or cameras of any kind it all works behind the scenes 24 hours a day find out more at wellawarecare.com yeah so we're we're a care managed home care company is how we refer to ourselves so um we've done a lot of you know back and forth over the years of of what works best and you know we want to serve everybody you know when we get into this industry we all have servant parts most of us are Nursing, or have some kind of a clinical background um, in healthcare, and most people in healthcare have a servant heart, so it's hard to to turn people away. But after doing this for several years, we've spent a lot of time trying to identify who our ideal clients are, and and who we can best serve in the community. And uh, really, about the past year and a half, uh, we've really put a lot of focus on that, and identified that care management is what we're best at. And so we, um, we're we a care management company first. We require that all of our clients have some form of care management. We do have a minimum. Uh, we do a full initial assessment on them and look at, at them as a whole and what their, what their goals are. And then we also – Address areas of concern, things that maybe they haven't thought about and and not just what's concerning right now in the moment, but what might be concerning six months from now or six years from now. And what we're really looking for is that lifelong client and whether you may not need, you know, you may not need every service that we have to offer today, but you might need that, you know, in time. So we just meet you where you're at on your journey and you're able to utilize any service that we offer. Um, you cannot use our care partners, you know, unless you have care management. So we often, uh, we partner with a couple other agencies in town that we've thoroughly vetted and have great relationships with. And we will refer out to them, um, other home care companies and, and partner with them to, um, to let them provide that, that the home care if they just need, um, they're resistant to the care management, or just have you know, family that provide that service to them. So,
0: that, that's great. And, and, um, it sounds like you've figured out that you don't want to be everything to everybody. There's a certain mm-hmm. group that you can really hit home runs with time and time again. And, you know, like anything, relationships are a two way street, whether they're a romantic relationship, a friendship, or yeah. a business relationship. And you're finding that that's where the success is coming from, me, really have dialed in the type of person and family and customer that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is for sure. And the relationship is such a big part of, of what we do. You know, I was with a, a new client um, on Wednesday and on Thursday. I'm training a new care partner or care manager this week. And I normally don't do that, but I just felt the need to, to kind of jump in with two feet this time and, and do a lot of training with her. And, Um, it was completely different. So we're almost like we have the imposter syndrome. Like we have to adjust ourselves and change who we are depending on the person that we're in front of. Um, So, you know, we're looking for employees that are humble, hungry, and smart. And the smart piece is not always about intelligence. You have to be smart with people. You have to be able to adapt to the situation that they're in and, and meet them where they are and be patient and listen and kind and, um, just, you know, look at, look at what their needs are. And, you know, the, the role that I found myself in on Wednesday was or completely different than what I found myself in on Tuesday. And so she and I were, you know, unpacking some of that this morning and she was just like, yeah, it was totally different both days. And I was like, yep, it's, it's always different, very individualized, uh, service that we offer. Um, and it is a nationwide service. I mean, there's, there's people all across the nation that offer, offer care management, um, it's it's something that is very very popular in a lot of the um, you know major cities um, but it is getting out into some of the rural um, areas as well
0: well I'm sure with video conferencing and even just simple phone calls um, it's allowing it's allowing those in rural areas that otherwise wouldn't be um, getting that type of service to be able to receive it and yeah maybe it's it's slightly better. Maybe it's more than slightly better to be able to have somebody come to your home, be able to see, smell, uh, touch and see what's going on and use your senses. But if that's not an option, well, then what's the next best option? And, and it seems like that's becoming more and more popular. Is that where you, you think things are headed for those kind of rural areas?
1: Yeah, I think that um, it's definitely nice to have that as an option. Um, It's actually something we were talking about last week. Uh, We were looking into hiring a social worker, and we have a really large service area, and we're like, how can we have, you know, and she actually lived in a rural area, and we're like, how can we utilize this employee across all of our, you know, service area, and so we had talked about, you know, offering a telephonic option or video conferencing option, um, but yeah, I think, you know, technology just in general is the future of home care, so there are so, uh, there's such a, um, a, a a lack of caregivers, and I mean, we just don't have them, so um we've got to figure out a way just to um, incorporate technology to be able to continue to care for the aging in their home.
0: So, So, and then just finally with, with the business itself. So you do the caregiving, but the caregiving can only be provided to existing customers of yours that are, are working with your care management team, correct?
1: Correct. So our care managers go out, they do the assessment, they look for those areas of concern, and then they take that and they write a care plan. And the care plan is what drives the care. And then the care partners come alongside the care managers, and they carry out that care. So the care managers are are really a group of healthcare professionals that are helping navigate the healthcare system, providing advocacy, going to doctor's appointments, assessing what's going on in the home. And then our care partners are the ones that are um, you know, providing that transportation to the appointments, um, making sure that there's nutritious meals in the home and that the home is a good, clean environment and that the client is well cared for and clean and has good, clean laundry and all of those things. But it's, it's a definitely a team effort with, with everyone, and they're they're getting at a minimum a monthly visit with their care manager, um, depending on what program they're in. But most of the time, it's a, it's a monthly visit at minimum. Some people we see almost every single day. Depending on what their needs are, um, but that's the beauty of it. You know, we we just meet you wherever you're at and whatever you need, and um, just kind of go from there.
0: So, and so um, we had kind of said we we're going to talk about a little bit about you, but how did you find yourself getting into this industry now that we know what 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 you're doing for work and how it works out? How did you find yourself in this the and the seat you're in right now as the CEO.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. My dad, so I went to nursing school, you know, right out of high school. Um, I always knew that's what I wanted to be. Uh, Ever since I was about 10, my grandfather um, had a trach, which you don't even see people that have trachs much anymore, but he had a lot of home health care, and it fascinated me. I loved it, and and my mama would chew everybody out of the house whenever the home health nurses came because we couldn't interrupt them, but I would beg to stay in the house and watch what they were doing, and um, luckily it was a friend that I went to school with. Their mom happened to be his home health nurse, and she would talk my mom into letting me stand in the corner. It's okay if she watches me; I don't care. And so she would teach me and show me what she was doing, and it just added, you know, to my interest and my desire to want to be able to do those things when I got older and so I always knew that that's what I wanted to do and I didn't realize how lucky I was you know to know that until I've watched other people struggle to to decide what they wanted to do with their life and determine what kind of career they they wanted to choose because it just it I was just knew um so I feel like that was a blessing for me to know so um so, I was in the middle of nursing school, actually, and my father was in a really bad accident. Um, he had a, um, a a transfer truck accident that left him paralyzed uh, from the chest down, and I was 21 when that happened, uh, about to graduate, um, and so... After that happened, I really became his primary caregiver. Um, he he was able to rehab a lot and do a lot for himself the first several years after he um, was injured. He was forty seven when that happened, and uh, but then it got to where he needed a you know a lot more care. And uh, they definitely don't even teach you in nursing school everything you need to do to care for someone that's paralyzed. It is a lot. Um, it's just, and I definitely won't get into all of that, but it is a full full time job. It's you got to be careful with every single move that you make. Um, you have to always be planning ahead, and it's just it's a lot for, for that person living that way, and and for the, the for those taking care of them. Um, so I found myself doing that at a really young age. I I then went into like work in a hospital to get some good experience there, worked in an emergency room, worked in skilled nursing, worked in hospice, and just, again, just really couldn't figure out where I where I wanted to land. And then met Mary, um, who had was doing this, basically it was a startup when I started. And she was like, oh, yeah, I um, hire people that are old enough to be your mom or your grandmother. And I was like, but I promise I, I can do this. I can do this. And so, she kind of hired me on trial basis and within like a couple of months she was like, okay, yeah, you, you've definitely got more experience than I realized. So, um, so we kind of just been together ever since she taught me so much, um, probably outside of my parents, there hasn't been anybody else that's been so influential in my life and cared, you know, enough about me to teach me all the things that she has. Um, so I'm very grateful for her to, you know, that she put that time, effort and energy into me. Um, so, she really taught me how to be a care manager. I went on to get certified in case management in 2014. And uh, there was a handful of us that worked on this side of the business. And we just, you know, committed to growing it and and taking care of those that didn't, you know, have anybody else to take care of them. We have a lot of solo agers that do not have children, that don't have anyone to depend on. And we we take care of them, you know, night and day, 365 days a year, 24-7. They know that we're going to be there. And it gives them really good peace of mind. So. Anyway, that's kind of how I got into to the care management side. Um, I used to, you know, get bored and job hop quite a lot, but I've been here for 11 years and don't think I'm ever going anywhere else. So there's nothing boring about this job. Uh, there's nothing boring about home care, just when you think you've seen it all or know it all, or some care some caregiver or care manager will surprise you with something. Or uh, There's nothing boring about, about this industry, for sure.
0: No, absolutely not. And, you know, it takes a – doing that type of work and, and, and essentially working with with people and having to to know when to mirror them and to you know make them feel calm and collected and then when to be able to kind of push back or have the heart to heart and you know to come to Jesus mm-hmm. um, there's a lot involved in that and I'm sure like anything uh you know it's uh, every day's a lot different than the day before and you're saying you're that- you hired somebody on, and they're realizing that as well, and mm-hmm. that's just part of it. So, I mean, you're you've been doing this now, and clearly you're passionate about it. But I also think that it's um, kind of unique to go to what you're doing in which you're providing care, care management and then doing the caregiving. I know from my experience with Minute Women, and, and you met Debbie, um, Debbie certainly does a lot. I mean, I won't say she's a mm-hmm. care manager, but there is definitely some hand-holding with certain clients. There's definitely going a little bit above and beyond with certain clients that are outside of the scope of what traditional home care is like. Um, what? What? Why do you, I mean, where it's interesting. So, twenty-four hour case shows up, right? And that is the creme de creme in the home care world, right? There's, there's, there's no more hours that you can get, and and then you're telling me that you would refer that out to somebody because they're not the they're not getting the case management from you, and that's not who your customer is. And I think it's good to kind of understand why that works so well for you because you know i think to some people we have professionals that listen to this podcast and we have families that listen to podcasts they might not be able to kind of reconcile why that isn't great when you're dealing with the most amount of hours that one could ever have
1: yeah so that would be a really really painful scenario (laughs) and i would really really try hard to get them to get care management um so and that doesn't happen a whole lot, but yeah, gotcha. that that would that would be really painful. Um, but it does sometimes. Um, but what we found is that you know our our care managers come to work here because that's what they want to do, and if we're putting you know our staff in a situation to where they can't do their job, you know that also makes them unhappy. And if you have unhappy caregivers and care partners, like, so let's say, you know, we've, been, we've built this business model to where we're care managers and our our care partners know you always have somebody to call. And it's somebody that's going to be able to, like, talk you down in this crazy situation because we understand the clinical side of things. You can FaceTime me and I can say this really is an emergency or this is not an emergency. Like, they always know that they have that. So it's a peace of mind for the our other staff as well. So, but then let's say that we take a client that's super, super resistant to this, and they don't want to be billed for that, but then you have, you know, this caregiver that works with four clients over here that they have everything. It makes it really hard because then they feel like the care is not consistent across the the board. So, we try to um, do a good job of, like, letting everyone know, like, what program, you know, people are in. Um, But to also take that right kind of client so that the care can be consistent and that people are able to, you know, do what we need to do to take care of the client. Um, I recently met with another colleague. um, I have a mastermind that I meet with through the Aging Life Care Association. So if you are a professional on the the call and you find yourself in need of a care manager, you can go to um, aginglifecareassociation.org and and go to find a care manager. You can put in the zip code. You can put in the town and you can find one closest to you um, and and vet them and have a conversation with them. A lot of times we do free consults to see if it would be a good fit. But um, so I was speaking with one the other day and, and she was trying to, to come up with a new model to where, you know, you could just kind of have a flat rate and everybody could get everything that they need. But, you know, it's it, we haven't quite perfected that yet. So um, I hope she does because I would like to be able to do that, too. But one of the reasons that she wants to be able to do that is so that everybody can get that same level of care and that they don't not pick up the phone and call you when they've had a fall because they don't want to be billed for it. Um, so, you know, we're all really passionate about wanting to provide this, this excellent level of care to someone. Um, but, you know, they have to be bought in. So it's very, very hard to care for someone that, that doesn't want care. A lot of times it happens with us, the children. You know, people's children are overwhelmed or people have had children later in life. So they're still taking care of their own. They're still raising their own kids, but then they're also caring for their aging parents and they're just and working a full time job and they're overwhelmed. and There's not enough time in the day to do it all. And they want mom and dad to be taken care of, but they just can't be the one to do it. And so they're reaching out to us for help. To to navigate this situation, to be an extra set of hands, and mom and dad just you know I don't want you to do that. I want my daughter to do that, and so it's it's that fine balance of us trying to to figure out ways to help those families and and that situation you know that is an ideal client. So we try our best to like spend time building that relationship to to make that work because you know we're trying to help that family so much. Um, So it is yeah, it's it's really hard to turn down turn down those clients, but we also try to build relationships with the companies that we send them to so that, you know, when they recognize that they really do need that care management, that they will in turn say back to them, hey, you know, you really need to call care on the block. You need to, to give them a call back because this is just more than what, what we can do for you and, and they can do this for you and, and try to get them to refer that piece of the puzzle back to us.
0: And it, and it, don't get me wrong. And what you're talking about is 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 certainly needed because at some point in time along the caregiving journey, again, for a lot of um, a lot of adult children and including the seniors themselves, um, we see it time and time again where we'll we'll have caregivers go in there and they're treated like they walk on water, and the daughter or the son is treated uh, poorly and it's kind of that old saying that, you know, you can treat the ones you love the most, sometimes the worst, right? And so mm-hmm. when when another person, when the, you could be sitting next to the daughter who is saying the same exact thing for a beta, and it is falling on deaf ears from the daughter, but then when it comes from, you know, Casey, the lovely case manager that's so sweet and nice, and it's always that all of a sudden they're willing to do it, and you see yeah. these daughters or these sons being like, what is going on, but but and it can go both ways, right? And, and during that caregiving, um, during that care kind of decline and as people get older and then they get more sick and they get more frail and pass away, there is a lot of emotions there and there are a lot of needs for family members that technically private home care does not provide, right? Like we are oh. there to help out between the hours in which we're there, the hours which we're not. And then outside of those hours, as callous as it may be to say, like, that's what you're paying for us when we're there. And outside of those, like, if you have a complaint about an issue or something, of course we're there for. But when it comes to um, additional needs and additional what? how do I set up with uh, these other companies, ancillary services, who do I talk to about the doctor's appointment that I don't know anything mm. about. And all these various things, or why does my mom hate me so much right now when I'm just trying to help her? I'm sorry, yeah. Mrs. Smith, like that's not our expertise. I can't help you there any more than you're trying to help yourself. And that's certainly when an expert like, you're, like you is, is really needed to be able to kind of um, provide a 360 view, if you will, of like, hey, listen, I can be there to help you out in things in all walks of life from the landscaper to the 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 oncology department to the, the yeah. Ryan, the home care company that's driving you nuts for whatever reason it is. Um, obviously you do the caregiving side as well, but that's kind of where a, a GC, I still use GCM. I'm sorry, but the, the late life, yeah. I don't even remember what GCMs are there to help you out with yeah. and be that resource.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that I bring a unique perspective to to what we do here at our company because I have been a family caregiver as well as a care care manager. And so I look at it from, from both sides. And so I have been that daughter that in like standing on my head, jumping up and down, screaming and crying, like, why will you not do this? And it does it never mattered the education that I had, or the certifications that I had, or however many years of experience role reversal is never normal for parents and children. So parents tell their kids what to do. Kids are not supposed to tell their parents what to do, and and it, they don't like it, and and they never really get used to it. And so I would leave my dad's house. I went there every day after work, and I would leave so upset. So many times, like I'd cry myself all the way home. And I'm like, Ah, wow, will you just not do? Like it's almost like you have a crystal ball, and you're like, I can see what's going to happen to you if you don't do what I say. And they wouldn't, but. And Even though I worked in this industry, it was an emotional thing for me being my own parent. And so it took me forever to realize, hey, whichever caregiver is his best friend this week is the one that I need to go talk to and be like, hey, I really need him to do this. And if you'll tell him this, you know, like he'll do it. And once I figured that out, like it really helped our relationship a lot. And I didn't have to be his caregiver, his care manager, his nurse. And like it was it allowed me to really be his daughter. And, like, that's a, our goal for all of our families is to let us come alongside you and let you be the daughter, let you be the sister, let you be the wife, and let us do those tough things because, you know, it's, it's hard enough. What they're going through, having to be a patient, is hard. And to have people barking orders at them all the time and making suggestions, and um, that just makes it even harder, you know. Um, and he definitely didn't want me telling him what to do. So uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's tough.
0: Absolutely. And so for people kind of like nationwide, like sitting there, what are what are what are the one, two, maybe three triggers or phrases or things that if if a client says it or if a adult child says it or a situation somebody's going through really should ring that bell that says this is this is the entry level. This is the start of what case management can help you out with. What do you think those top kind of like phrases somebody says to themselves or says to a confidant over over lunch or dinner or grabbing a drink and saying I'm having a difficult time with X, Y, and Z, and I just want to do I just want what are what are those kind of phrases that people should listen for whether it's internally or whether they tell it to a friend or family member that says you should give a, a geriatric care manager or give Casey a call because this is what we can help you with.
1: Sure. So um, a lot of times the way I start that conversation with people is that when you lay down to go to bed at night, like what, what are you, what's the three things that you're keeping you awake and what are you worried about the most? Um, and so a lot of what I hear is like, I, I'm worried about their safety. So if you, you know, you're worried about mom and dad falling at night um, or, you know, eloping and <laughs> leaving the house. So safety, safety is the main concern. Um, no longer being able to med- manage their medication. That's huge. That's something that we can come along. There's all kinds of things out there to help us do medication management at home. Um, transitioning to different levels of care um so that's something like can i keep my mom or dad at home or do they need assisted living or independent living or a nursing home what is even the difference between all of these things you know and what is what does it all cost like what's the difference in paying for home care versus assisted living independent living like we can do a cost analysis for all those things and help you figure out what the best options are so safety planning um And then stress caregivers. So if you've got someone that's overwhelmed or they're, I'm afraid my husband's going to divorce me or I can't go, you know, I only get to walk through high school with my kid one time and he's this amazing football player and I have to miss all of his games. Like, you know, you can't rewind time. Yes, your parents need to be taken care of too, but like you can't go back and make that up to your kids. Um, so when you've got a stressed caregiver that is just unable to balance everything on their plate, that's that's another time that it's good to call a caregiver a care manager. Or you know, we've walked this journey with people a million times. And if you're you know a lawyer or a engineer, like healthcare is not your thing. Like you can be brilliant in your arena. But not have a clue what it means to navigate the healthcare system, or have a doctor standing in front of you telling you that your dad has cancer in six of his twelve lymph nodes, and we need to do cancer, and then we might need to do chemo and radiation, and like you just felt like you're getting blasted with a water hose. Like, what does this mean, you know? So to have someone come in and like digest that for you, break it down in layman's terms, to do it in the comfort of your own home to where it's not like a stressful situation in a hospital. Like, you know, there's so much that we don't hear when we're in a hospital because all we're thinking about is I want to go back home, right? Um, so to have somebody come to you when you're home in your safe space and really help you understand what's going on and provide that education. Um, so education is another thing. Uh, education, navigation, advocacy, safety, uh, those would be um, my biggest things. So.
0: It it makes sense, because, you know, like I I remember the funny, I I consider it funny, like, when when my mom got cancer, and we were going for one of the follow-ups, and this was, like, the big one, right? And my mom was like, nobody can ask questions. Just let this guy talk, and let's listen. And, of course, like, five minutes into the explaining thing, I was like, well, I have a question about this, and I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that look my mother gave me that was like, are you kidding me? Because she was trying to, like but she was trying to do what what you help people with which is like let's just digest this and try to get the big bullet points that we need to know and let's not get in the minutia and of course her son was getting in the minutia and I couldn't help myself. So, okay, yeah. you know, but that's what happens with families like this is what happens where it's too easy to go on a tangent and remember the 20% instead of the 80% of the the big nuggets that you really need to um just you mentioning that made me kind of laugh with the cancer and not not that it's funny, but, you know, you go back to those, those situations where you have to laugh at it. So, I mean, with, with wrapping things up and like any parting thoughts, anything that you want to let people know in terms of, um, you know, any additional information that can help when it comes to geriatric care management and, and care services like you provide?
1: Um, I think if, if I could leave you with one thing, it's just, you know, don't wait too long. I see so many people that just, you know, they carry the burden and they carry the responsibility by themselves for so long. And um you have to take care of yourself too. You can't pour from an empty cup. And so, so reach out for that help. Um We, you know, you probably see this a lot too, with long-term care insurance. Like we have so many people that have long-term care insurance and, and save it for a rainy day and they don't realize that they're standing in the middle of a tornado. Um So don't, don't reach out. Don't wait too long to, to reach out for help or get that consultation. And sometimes you are spending so much time and time out of work and time away from your family that if you, if you just invest a little, a little bit of your resources into hiring someone to help you, they can save you a lot of time because, you know, we've all done this before. Ryan's taking care of people for a long time. Like, We can point you in the right directions of things um, and give you some advice and and give you a roadmap, if you will. And we can save you a lot of time and and heartache and and energy, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't, you know, uh, sometimes I don't think it's very eloquently. I say things eloquently. But YOU KNOW, WHAT I what I MEAN TO GET ACROSS IN THE NICEST WAY POSSIBLE IS THAT YOU'RE PAYING FOR THIS ONE WAY OR ANOTHER. AND I KNOW THAT EVERYBODY OUT THERE OR EVERYBODY LISTENING HAS THE MONEY TO PAY FOR MAYBE CARE MANAGEMENT, PRIVATE HOME CARE SERVICES. BUT YOU, if 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 YOU HAVE A BOATLOAD OF MONEY AND YOU HAVE A BOATLOAD OF TIME, YOU CAN HAVE ONE OR THE OTHER BUT YOU'RE NOT GOING TO HAVE mm-hmm. BOTH AND YOU'RE GOING TO BE STRESSED OUT. YOU'RE mental health will take its toll, your physical health can yeah. take its toll, you could age faster because of this. And you know, the my 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 dad is seventy-six, his girlfriend is 80, they're in a retirement community. And the thing they say under the breath is the caregiver, the caregiver goes first. You know, like somebody has an issue and then the the loved one becomes the caregiver and they see it time and time again where the senior but, caregiver is the first one that goes. Not the person that's getting the care, and it's not a coincidence that that's being said in a retirement community because it takes so much out of people. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more. And usually people are in my industry, at least, I feel six to twelve months behind where they should be. Like, you know, you're 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 playing catch up by the time you usually call me. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's the world. Anyways, how can people reach out to you? What's your contact information if they're interested in learning more about you and your services?
1: Absolutely. So our website is um, www.carearoundtheblock.com. Um, and then my email is K-C-R-C-A-S-E-Y-R at carearoundtheblock.com. Um, and we we monitor that all the time. We have a contact us uh, link on there. There's a lot of information you know, on our website more about the care management as well as a link to the Aging Life Care Association if you are interested in looking at it too. Um, There's a lot of good information on there too. Um, So yeah, reach out anytime. I'd be glad to, you know, connect you with another colleague across the nation or just kind of talk some things out with you. I do have a a passion for this and and helping people navigate through some of the hardest parts in life. I don't know why they call it the golden years because it's definitely not very golden most of the time. So.
0: Well, with that being said, Casey, thank you for your insight on this, your education, the information you're giving, and uh, helping people that are listening to the uh, the podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was
0: great. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. See you.